Welcome back to the Cattle Menu Podcast. I'm Caroline Rose, the founder and CEO of K Rose Company and Cattle Menu. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I'm excited to bring you these conversations each week filled with relatable advice and techniques you can take back to your operation. It's my mission to make sure that we can ranch in the next generation. Make sure and subscribe where you're listening so you never miss a new episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Kettle Menu Podcast. I have Jennifer joining me. Thanks so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Why don't you start and just give us a little bit of background about yourself and how you're involved in the agriculture industry. So I work for the University of Georgia as a rural health agent. Um, it's a new position and it's focusing primarily on behavioral and mental health with farmers and agricultural communities. My background, I grew up, my dad is a farmer in South Georgia. I didn't know he was a farmer. I just knew we had pigs and chickens. <laughs> and uh, I just thought everybody had pigs and chickens. I didn't know that was like not normal. I had, this was back in the day when I had incubators in my bedroom and had to turn the eggs and all of that good stuff. I'm Technology's advanced a lot since the late 70s and 80s. He then got into row crop farming. So he grows cotton, corn, and peanuts. And my husband and I have a timber farm in South Georgia over in Grady County, which is outside of Thomasville, Georgia. So we're about 12 miles from the Florida line. So we're at the very bottom of the state. And I got into this role. I've been working as a licensed um, marriage and family therapist and doing all kinds of work in behavioral health for the last 25 years. But I got into this role right after we had a hurricane and I started hearing from a lot of farmers and a lot of lenders, banks, and folks like that, that were super stressed out because we had, we had seen a spike in, in farmers that were, you know, needing a little bit more than just normal, Hey, how you doing kind of stuff. So I started doing some work with the University of Georgia, and four years later, they created a position that I then applied for and I'm doing full-time. So that's kind of the, the nutshell version. There's lots more in there, but I'll be happy to talk about that if you want me to. Talk to me a little bit about what behavioral health is. That has, is not a word that has come up yet on the podcast. We talk a lot about mental health. And so talk to me a little bit about what the difference is and what kind of behavioral health encompasses. Uh, that's a great question. We used to talk in my profession, we used to use the word mental health all the time. And then about, I'm not sure how many years ago, we started using the words behavioral health to encompass not just mental health, but also substance use disorder. So it would be anybody that's struggling with addictive disease issues and anybody struggling with mental health like, you know, depression, anxiety, and then some of the other more challenging diagnoses like schizophrenia and things like that and bipolar. So behavioral health, in my mind, encompasses both the mental health and the substance use disorder. Do we see more behavioral health issues in farmers and ranchers compared to the other populations? That's a hard question, and it's hard to quantify. I think anecdotally, we are seeing it. Um, I think there's a lot of factors as to why maybe we're seeing it more. Um, number one, stigma is is rapidly being reduced because people like you are having people like me come on and talk about it and normalize it. 
I tend to, when I talk to ranchers and farmers, talk to them about stress and when to stress, you know, when is it good stress versus when is it bad stress and when does the stress become too much. And one of the things we have seen in the data is um, an increase in suicide with people who work in agricultural fields. And that, like, you know, terrifies me. And so any chance I get to talk to a group, I don't go in and say, hey, you know, let's talk about suicide because they will all walk out of the meeting if I did that. So I do come in when I talk to farmers and rangers and I talk about stress. And when I ask the question, you know, how many people are stressed out? Everybody in the room raises their hand. They're all stressed out. And then I ask them, you know, well, what do you do about stress? And they, they have all kinds of things that they do about stress. Some, some helpful, some maybe not as helpful. I'm sure you can guess. And, uh, and, and then we maybe, you know, and then I try to introduce them to new things that they can do or, or resources that they might not have thought of because a lot of them, you know, have their trusted resources. What we have found is, you know, farmers and ranchers, uh, tend to talk to their spouses. They talk to other farmers and ranchers. That's who they trust. And uh, they talk to somebody that could be like a preacher or maybe connected with a church or some sort of spiritual affiliation. And so how do we leverage and work with those groups so that they're educated? So if a farmer did come to one of those people and said, I, am, I, I don't know if I can handle what's going on right now, then they become equipped to get them to the right resource. So that's a lot of the work that I've been doing in the last couple of years to try to educate those people that are trusted resources. And then there's other people that they trust, like they're, you know, maybe it's a seed rep or maybe it's their, you know, ag agent in their community, or, you know, maybe it's a pathologist or somebody that they go to when they've got, you know, disease on their, on their field. So it's one of those, we're trying to make sure those people have the information. So somebody comes to them and, you know, says, this is getting to be too much. I need to talk to somebody. They'll have the right resources for them to go to. I think it's interesting that you bring up stress because growing up, I am not sure that stress was a word we used besides in school. My parents would say, and are you stressed out about that test? But it's almost like we're in fight or flight mode in agriculture at all times. And a lot of that has to do with trying to control what we can't control and trying to wish the weather a certain way or yes. nervously watch the cattle markets. I mean, we do a lot of things that probably make our cortisol levels just shoot through the roof. And how do you get people to, I mean, everyone would say they're stressed. And I think in agriculture, like you said, I mean, everyone raises their hands, but how do you get that stress, that feeling to be more of a conscious decision where people can kind of admit like, oh, this situation does bring me stress. So we talk a little bit when I go to, so I go to a lot of what we call in Georgia our production meetings. And it's where, you know, we're going to have a meeting with a lot of farmers. They're going to get their pesticide credits. So it could be, it could be a dairy meeting, it could be a cotton meeting, it could be a disease management meeting, it could be a corn meeting, whatever the, you know, whatever they're producing. We go to those meetings, that's why it's called a production meeting. And then I ask them, you know, what stresses you out? And the two things I hear 100% of the time are weather and something related to money. It could be diesel prices, it could be commodity prices, it could be inflation, it could be labor cost. 
you know, but it's something related to money and, and some of those things. So we open up a conversation about what's within our control and what's outside of our control. And I, I call it beta testing, but I usually call my dad and say, hey, if I say this in a production meeting with this fly, and a lot of times he'll be like, oh, that's sweet. You know, <laughs> he's like, no, that's not good. So, you know, it's one thing for me to go in. I'm a mental health person for me to talk about some of this stuff. So some of the farmers look at me like, who are you? You know, you have a little credibility. You know, you grew up in this world and your husband does some of this stuff. But but what they really respond to is each other. So I usually try to find a couple of people that are willing to be my spokespeople or my ringers in the crowd where they're going to be the ones that can help me get that message of, hey, it's okay to be stressed out about some of this stuff because that's what it's supposed to be, right? You know, if you weren't, we just had um, the hurricane come through this week. You know, I talked to a lot of people this week that were having a lot of concerns. We've got a lot of farmers over in the Valdosta, Georgia area, which is about an hour from me, you know, struggling right now because especially if you like grow pecans, you know, if you're a pecan farmer, you've got trees. You can't just plant that next year and have a crop. You know, it takes a few years. And if you've had this, you know, let's say you have, you know, pecan trees and you've had them for a hundred years and that was what you were going to pass down to your, you know, your kids or your grandkids. And then it's just wiped out. That's that. Of course, you're going to be stressed out about that. So we normalize what's okay to be stressed out about. And then when do we worry when it's too much? And what do we do with that? And how do we address it? So that leads me to my next question, which is always, well, what do you do? They say two things 100 percent of the time. Can, can you guess what they say? Oh. Uh, well, I want to say alcohol, but that's probably yeah. Not. That's that's a hundred. Okay. Yep, that's right. Yeah, drink. Yeah. Um, I don't know what's the other one. Pray, pray. So okay. those are the two that I hear a hundred percent of the time: drink and pray. And sometimes somebody in the crowd will say, "And drink more," or you know, or they, that you know, we try to make it because this is a heavy topic, so it's okay to lighten it up. And usually. I'll have someone in the room that's above the age of 80 talk about, you know, sex or making babies. And all of these are ways people reduce stress. And so I try to tell them, it's not that I'm telling you not to go drink. And of course, some farmers will say, well, I'm going to go home and tell my wife that you said we should procreate more and all of this stuff. Drink more. <laughs> Make yeah. more babies. <laughs> that's right. And I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying. But I do try to introduce them to a little bit more mindfulness and deep breathing. So I talk about the Navy, the Navy SEALs do the box breathing and um, that's an easy way. And I get everybody to you know take some deep breaths with me. Sometimes they talk about fishing or hunting or, and what they don't realize is when they're doing that. So I get them to describe it to me. And that is a form of meditation. You're, you're kind of out by yourself. It's quiet. You, you don't have all these, you know, you try to like let go of all those external thoughts. And so I try to introduce them to a few things. And, and at the end of the day, even if just one or two people relate to anything I'm saying, and, and usually it's more than that, but I feel successful if I walk away from one of those meetings and somebody comes up to me and says, I never thought I'd be at a farmer meeting where I'm talking about my stress level or that somebody would even care to ask. Are you trying to find the right planner to start the new year with? Look no further. We've created the Cattle Menu Planner for ranch wives, mothers, and daughters who are looking for the perfect place to capture all of their thoughts throughout the year. 
Our planner is the perfect guide to help you get your operation started. In the Cattle Menu Planner Paving Your Path, you will create the foundation for your operation, set goals, and learn how to implement them. We have included our customer favorite blank calendar pages so you can start when you're ready. Grab yours today at cattlemenulive.com backslash planner. The other thing that I do to kind of normalize it is um, I usually get the local health department to come in and do free blood pressure checks because mental health and physical health are so related. So I try to get them to, to think about the fact. So we'll, you know, usually say who had your blood pressure checked and a, a good bit of them will have had their blood pressure checked. And of course, many of them have really high blood pressure. And so we talk about, you know, just basic ways to reduce high blood pressure and reducing your stress is, is one of those ways. So I'm trying to kind of make the parallel between those two. And I think there, I know there are different ways that you encourage. You talked a little bit about deep breathing. And I remember the very first time. So one of the things that I do on a pretty consistent basis with my niece and nephew is I have a nephew who's seven, almost eight, incredibly smart. I mean, when we're driving in the vehicle, and of course, I think everyone thinks they're, you know, family is <laughs> smart, but he is like solving for X at seven in his yeah. head. Wow. Yeah. And he wants to do it. Like he will ask if he can solve Rex in his head while we're driving up and down the road. So <laughs> part of that comes with big emotions because his brain is not fitting into some of his classmates and it's challenging. And so one of the things that I have taught him to do when I can feel that we have too many emotions, I make him sit cross-legged on the, on the floor and put his hand on his heart and take three big deep breaths. And when I, when I think about it, I'm like, okay, so a grown adult is probably not going to be, I mean, I do it with them, but I was like, what I'm hoping to teach him is how to learn to self-regulate a little bit and say, right. too much is going on. I need to take a step back before I react, before I say something, before I pick up a drink, before I, whatever it looks like, I want to take a step back and kind of try and get some grounding first. But I just, we don't have a lot of stress coping mechanisms that don't involve harmful activities if we, if we take them to extreme. And I think we need more of those. So what are some other ways that you recommend people learn to decrease stress and kind of self-regulate when they feel like everything's spinning out of control? Well, I think you identified it, one of the things, and that's, I love that you do that with him, and um, you'll be surprised at how he uses that for the rest of his life, because I did some of those things with my child, he's, my youngest is 18, and I went through a real stressful event, and at the time, he was 14, maybe 13, and he was like, deep breaths, mom, I mean, he was coaching me in a moment where I couldn't step away and do it myself so just having number one i think is having some insight and so one of the things i've recently been doing is so for the last few years since 2018 i've been talking to adults about stress and farmers and then i realized earlier this year um because my background is with children i was like what do what do kids think about stress so i did uh, i got with a couple of counties that are more rural in nature that have their 4-h clubs and I, I did some evaluations with the kids to say, what are you thinking about stress? And what, what would be helpful in terms of coping? And it was really cool. And the things that they said, 
you know, that they wanted to learn more about. They had three things. One was just creating routines and time management skills. They talked a lot about, you know, if they if they live on a farm and they've got schoolwork and they wanted to play a sport or maybe they're in band or maybe they're in a club or 4-H or FFA or something like that, managing all of that, which does, you know, adults have a hard time with time management too. So I've been working on some activities with uh, young people. And one of the things that is real important in, in mental health and behavioral health is it's a saying called nothing about us without us. So I'm never going to go to a group of kids and be like, here's what I think you should do, because they might say, you're a crazy lady. I want them to help me come up with what they think they should be doing. So this was kind of my way of getting them to do that. The second thing that they said was having healthy habits. And when I asked them more about that, it was just making good decisions like drinking more water. It's real hot outside, getting good sleep, going to bed at a good time, choosing a good option, you know, instead of those monster energy drinks, um, but having, you know, just healthier choices and, you know, not spending as, you know, a lot of them, uh, screen time is a big deal. So kind of stepping away from their screens. And then the third thing was how to handle my feelings. And I had given that to them as an option. I also had preventing bullying as an option, and it was number four on the list. So it wasn't in the top three, but it was number four. But but back to handling my feelings, when I asked them, what does that mean to them? Because I knew what it meant to me, but I didn't know how they would. Um, and I, it was about 61 kids that we did this with. They said things like, particularly the boys said, you know, when I get mad, I don't know what to do with my, you know, with my feelings. I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to talk to somebody. So all of that to say, we created some activities that we're doing with, with these um, young people. One of them is, you know, like a, a scavenger hunt outside to kind of get one with nature. Find something you can touch. Find something you can smell. Find something you can uh, hear. You know, kind of just getting back to your senses and just taking a minute. The deep breathing. We also, um, I had an intern this summer and we created a game. It's kind of like apples to apples. But what we did is we gave them these cards that had situations on it. And then we gave them these coping skills card and we would have them kind of match it. So if I'm having a hard time because I'm worried about this test, what can I do? And they had all these different coping skills that they could use. You know, and some of the coping skills were, you know, talk to a friend or talk to an adult. It could be pet my dog or my cat or, you know, things that center them and get them back to self-regulation, which is what you talked about earlier. And so one of the things we did is we gave them a little binder of these cards so they could just remind themselves of these are some skills that I have. It's, it's not rocket science. I don't have to go somewhere and, you know, do something. These are easy things I can do. And one of the parents called me a couple weeks ago and said, you know, my daughter has kind of set up this whole little area of her room with like a little tent and she's got the coping skills card and she's using that. And so Again, just by talking about some of this stuff, and I thought particularly I had several older boys, I thought they're not going to do this. <laughs> you know, they're going to be like, no, ma'am. But they did, and they were helping some of the younger boys kind of identify what their own coping skills were because we had them all create their own little plan. Like if something were to happen um, for you, particularly Tommy, what would you do? Because what Tommy is going to do is going to be different than what Anna Grace is going to do. And so all of that to say, you, you know, we're just trying to get them to identify some of these skills that would work for them. 
it makes me think how big of an impact we have on our children. And one of our key sayings around Kettle Menu and around our ranch is be the change you want to see. And I think learning and verbalizing, I'm going to go for a walk because I'm overwhelmed or I'm really nervous. And it seems as if, and I'm sure it's in other industries, right? But it seems as if in agriculture, we kind of, we don't really talk about emotion. We don't really say, wow, going to this cattle sale brings me joy. Or wow, you know, it's like we fall into, oh, that's good. Or I'm stressed. And I think even just being able to identify like this is overwhelmed or this is I'm discouraged or I'm frustrated, like being able to label our emotions. Well, we yes. don't do that well. No. And, and I don't I think it is a little bit more challenging in the ag industry than some of the other industries, particularly because we've got this whole I'm a risk taker. You know, hey, I'm, I'm gambling with the weather. I'm gambling with all kinds of things. You know, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps and I've got to be able to solve my own problems, you know. But I tell I tell farmers all the time, I tell ranchers, you're the most important asset you have on your farm. I know you've got lots of equipment, but nobody, nothing can replace you. So so that's one message we try to give them and, and their kids, because if the farmer's feeling it, typically the kids are going to be, they're the barometer. They're going to be feeling what, what the parents are feeling. And so um, I love that you you know, brought up kind of articulation of those words because in that coping skills game, we used words like nervous or scared and things that they are more, more reluctant. Not that they don't, they, they understand what it means, but they're like, it's not okay to say this. And it is. And so I think we've got a younger generation that's, I have a lot of hope for because they are being able to say with a little bit more ease, you know, this is a little too much for me right now and I might need some help. And I tell people, everybody needs help for a little while. That does not mean you need help forever. You just might need help for 30 minutes or one day or a week. And it could be longer, but but it is a strength to reach out for help when you do need it. Oh, 100%. And I think, too, there's so much opportunity in how we react and how the kids react and how we change this conversation. And I think the thing that I'm really enjoying about this conversation is it doesn't feel as mental healthy. I don't know how to say yeah. it professionally, but that's right. We hear a lot about mental health. Our podcast that was released just this last week was on mental health, and I know it's a huge issue in the industry. But sometimes we don't really want to talk about depression or anxiety, and this feels like a way to address some of that without saying mental health and without well, that's so talking. funny that it, it's so funny you bring it up because when I first started this job uh, I had I, I, I reached out to all the ag agents and the 4-H agents and said I want to do some of this stuff and they said exactly that we are not going to go into a meeting with farmers or 4-H kids or whoever and talk about mental health because you don't understand they're not we're in Georgia and I'm like it doesn't it doesn't matter what state you're in it, Nobody wants to talk about it. And I'm not going to come in and be like, hey, let's all, you know, I'm not going to do that because I've, I've learned enough to know you can just have a conversation. I have um, the stress ball and the stress ball is pretty cool. You know, you can throw the ball around, but and I got it off Amazon, but it's like whenever a kid catches it, it's where their thumb lands, where they catch it is 
So something they can talk about. And they loved this activity. But one of the things was like, when I worry a lot, I blank. Or something I worry about is blank. Um, another one that I really liked was a good choice I made when I was stressed out is blank. And when I do this with groups of kids, it gives them other ideas from each other. So they're learning from each other and not necessarily learning from the mental health lady or the stress lady, the lady that comes to talk about stress, right? So you got to make it a little bit fun. You can't be, because it is heavy, but you got to be ready to go there when they are. And that's one of the things that I have found is if I open up the conversation, somebody is going to come up to me at some point, whether it's a young person or uh, an older person, and it might get a little heavy and that's okay. You know, that's what I'm here for. And so I just, I find it a privilege to be able to have those kinds of conversations with people that they are willing to talk to me about what they're thinking about, what's going on in their head, how they're feeling. I think that's just such an honor that they would share some of those thoughts with me. And it helps me to learn too, so I can help more people. Next week, we have something exciting coming to Cattleman U. Many of you have asked for this. Make sure and listen to the ads next week to get first access to our new offer. Absolutely. So there's someone listening today who realizes that their household is stressful or that they have never admitted to their family, their spouse, that this is stress. This is a stress reaction. And they are starting to feel as if they need to be the change. So what are some things, some easy things that they can start to incorporate that aren't going to feel uncomfortable to start to change the conversation about this in their household? My first and always, if I get asked this question or some variation of it, if I have to drill it down to one thing, it is to be connected. Connect with somebody because connectivity is what we all need. We're humans. We are, you know, a lot of people talk about the, the evils of social media, but there's also some good things because you can connect. But I, I, I do want to challenge people to connect um, in person or IRL in real life, you know. So I, I think connecting is one big thing. Remaining hopeful. Um, remembering that uh, at the end of the, the day, there's always hope. You know, that's always something. Make every day meaningful. I don't think we give ourselves enough credit when we're doing something, whether we're, you know, farmers, ranchers, you know, that you look back on your day and you're like, I, I did a lot today, you know. And maybe the purpose of each day is not what you did at work. It could be who you helped or who you reached out to. Let's see, what else would I, would I tell them? Just remember to take care of, of yourself. That Again, my, my message about you're the most important asset on your farm, you can't be replaced. And so if you could just reach out to somebody, connect with them, talk to them about what is going on, there's always resources available. You know, if somebody were really, really struggling and had, you know, suicidal thoughts, I would obviously recommend they call 988, which is the, the lifeline for, for mental health and suicidal crises. But if it's just you're not sure what's going on, you're stressed out, um, you might need somebody to talk to. There are resources um, everywhere. We do it. One of the things about us mental health people is we do a terrible job of advertising our resources. And I asked a, a pro provider recently, why is that? And they said, well, when we get extra money, 
when the choice is, do I put a billboard up or do I put an ad out on Facebook versus hiring another therapist? I'm going to hire another therapist. And so I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I get it. But I do think that sometimes people might get connected with a therapist and it's not the right fit. Um, and that's okay and to know that, it, you know, it's not going to be perfect and that don't give up because there's somebody out there that can help you. Yeah, the two things that have really helped in our household is going for walks. And I know that sounds, you know, when you have a physical labor job, the last thing you want to do when you come inside is go for a walk. But one of the most refreshing things is to just get outside, especially when it's a little cooler in the evenings, and just walk. And I think it's an easy, it's a free thing. doesn't matter where you live. You can just walk in circles if you have to, but you have to get out of the house. And to be honest, most of the time when it's stress related, I don't think listening to headphones or like I kind of have to be in my thoughts in that walk, but that's something that we have incorporated that have worked really well. I oftentimes take my niece and nephew and I'll like say, wow, we've, you know, I'm a little overwhelmed like on holiday when there's tons of people around and everything and they're watching football and it's loud. And I'm like, Hey guys, I'm a little overwhelmed. Do you think we should take a walk? And they'll say, yeah. And and they have said to me, we love when we get to decompress on a walk, like they're starting to hear those words. The other thing that we have put in the cattle menu planner is an emotion chart. Mm -hmm. And so instead of saying like happy, sad, it really like it dives deeper into like, is it happy or are you ecstatic? And what's the difference between happy and ecstatic? And really being able to identify those emotions and be honest with the people in your life about emotions. I think once you make it comfortable to say, wow, you know, cooking this dinner brought me a lot of joy, or I'm really over what, like using more specific language. I think when one person in the household starts, it makes it much easier for other people to start to use that language. So those are two things that we have implemented that have helped in our household and just some ideas for people who are listening. That's fantastic. And one of the things when I ask people what they do for stress in these meetings, a lot of times, 40% of the time I hear exercise and and that is the least used, but most effective. So I love that that you, you guys are doing that. And then I use something similar, like you talked about, it's called a mood meter. And I can send you the graphic if you want to share it. Yeah. Um, it, yeah. It's, it just gives you some extra words, you know, like I'm tired, I'm joyful, I'm proud, I'm troubled, I'm disappointed. You know, it's just I feel alone or whatever the words may be. Um, but they have that, you know, upbeat kind of ecstatic mood and then the, the kind of more glum mood. And so it gives people some, some words. So I'll send that to you as well. Oh, perfect. Okay, this has been a great conversation. I've loved having you on. Let's get to the fun rapid fire questions. Oh, Lord, I'm scared. (laughs) Uh, Okay, what is your favorite cut of steak and how do you like it cooked? Oh, I like a filet medium. Look at that. Uh, Okay, an ag. That's easy. Yeah, an ag industry topic that you think needs talked about more in the general media. Oh, gosh. how financial stress is affecting our ad community because that's what I hear the most about. And I don't really see that. That and um, estate planning, which is part of the financial stress if you're, you know, a farmer or rancher and you're going to, you know, leave your legacy to your children or grandchildren, just, you know, having more conversations about what that looks like. That's a great answer. Um, okay. What is the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? 
the best piece of advice. I should I should have been prepared for this, but I think the best piece of advice I've ever been given is to not make assumptions. Typically, when it relates to who can help somebody. So, when I was a therapist, I used to never take vacations, and I used to say, "Well, you know, what are my clients going to do? You know, if I'm not here, like I was so important." And <laughs> I had a supervisor that was like, "Okay, this is not about you." Um, and so I've realized that people can get help from anybody. It doesn't have to be from a professional. And, you know, it also get, helped me create more uh, or better boundaries around my time, too, because, you know, I was never taking time off and thinking they all depended on me. And they didn't. I mean, they, they liked coming, obviously, but it wasn't me. <laughs> and I was a young therapist at the time. And so that I think that was a really good piece of advice that. It doesn't have to be me. I could give the information to someone else. And as long as they get it out there, then that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. And another way to phrase that is like help can come in different packages. Like it looks different. That's right. Than maybe what we assume. That's perfect. Um, okay, this is kind of a fun one. If money was not an object, what is your dream non-career job? I'd love to be a DJ. That sounds so fun. <laughs> I love music and um, I used to say all the time if I ever had like you know all the money in the world I would want to go work at like a coffee shop and just play my own make my own playlist and when my son he graduated this past this year earlier this year but his junior and senior year of high school the person that was supposed to run our soccer game playlist in the stadium couldn't do it and I had to do it and I thought I was so cool because I got to put all the songs together and play them over the loudspeakers you know when the other team would come in and our team would come in and so that was so much fun okay that's that's a great answer I love that well thank you so much I think this was a great conversation and to me it feels a little easier to digest than some of the mental health conversations that I'm hearing and I love that because the approach, we have to have multiple approaches. It has to yep. look different. It ha it's going to land on someone differently any way you talk about it. And so there's no one size fits all. We know that. We know that in your work, um, you know, you've made that very clear. Each kid, each family, each operation is different things, different stresses. And so I just love this conversation. Thank you so much for your time. Me too. Thank you course we'll put everything we talked about and all of your contact information in the show notes so people Please. can reach out if they have questions and use some of the resources okay thank you thanks again for listening to the cattle menu podcast don't forget to subscribe and review if you're listening on apple podcasts we are thankful to have you in your community like always remember the grass is greener where you water it